He's the life of the party, and he's got a huge hit on YouTube with the Loftus Party. My dear friend, comedian, writer, producer, and creator of the Loftus Party joins us tonight on Whiskey Business. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey in this week three of our remote broadcasting as we are all adhering to the rules here in the state of Ohio and all across the country in a lot of places, the stay-at-home order. What are you doing on your stay-at-home time? Are you like me? Have you have you made a, a to-do list of things in order to occupy your time? I, I'd like to share some of that with you. For example, I have uh, on my to-do list organized DVDs alphabetically and by genre. <laughs> Very geeky. And you say, why do I still have DVDs? Because when the internet crashes, I will be the only person still able to watch Goodfellas. <laughs> All right. Uh, two, start reading uh, Harry Potter books in the Spanish translation, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Three, learn how to read the Spanish. <laughs> um, four, make a list of all of my enemies that I think I could kill and get away with it. That's, that's not supposed to be on this list. Sorry, that's for later, that's dark. Five, oh, five. Make virtual chess move with Vladimir. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Pawn to Queen's Bishop Fourth. Check, bitch. Nice. <laughs> um, cut my own hair. No, that's a bad idea. And six. We're doing what we can do as well. Before I move any further and introduce our guest and our guest bottle, because we still have a guest bottle tonight, let's introduce the boys from Whiskey Business who do all the hard work, the technical work. Greg Hansbury in my left-hand corner, John Whitney in my right-hand corner. I cannot do the podcast with them uh, outside of this situation, let alone in this situation. So uh, if there's a round of applause to be had, it's for those two guys. Thank you. So please, bravo, bravo, well done, well done, well Hansberry, you want to uh, dis dispense some of the business before we get yeah. moving here? Remind people what they got to do and when, how they can find us and so forth and so on. You got it. Thanks for finding our award-winning podcast, Whiskey Business. Of course, you can subscribe to the award-winning podcast, Whiskey Business, on your favorite podcasting app. Rate and review us uh, while you're there. Um, if you're watching this on uh, Facebook, you found us, you've already liked us. Thank you. Share this post with all your uh, Facebook fans, friends and fans. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whiskey business with Dino Tripodis. We've got a bunch of stuff up there. Uh, plus you can binge all of the award-winning episodes of whiskey business. Businesspod.com. Award-winning uh, award yes. podcast. You say that's right. That's right. How much longer can we let we can rest on those laurels? That was last year. So if they have another long time ago, they have another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this year's will get canceled because of all this shit, and we can. Then we'll the we the winner for another year. Yes, the rain for another year. Yes. All right. Uh, and also, there's a brand new whiskey wisdom 
out today, uh, put together by John Whitney and his brother Gil Whitney, which uh, it's Whiskey Wisdom number four. Um, Correct. Short and fun and uh, something you can definitely share with your friends. Whiskey quotes that I've made throughout the years that we finally put on video to have some fun with. So enjoy uh, this week's Whiskey Wisdom. The guest bottle tonight. What are you guys drinking? What are you guys drinking? Hansberry, what do you got? Ancient, well, ancient. Ancient, ancient. Weller. Okay, Weller. Weller. The Weller. That bottle looks very familiar, John Whitney. Yes, it does. Um, I watched it, by the way. <laughs> did you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Our 126th bottle on the podcast. A little Jefferson's Reserve, very old, very small batch bourbon. What's the difference between small batch and very small batch bourbon? Um, with this particular one, this is only eight to 12 barrels of bourbon that have been married to create what I have here in this bottle, as opposed to the two to 300 bottles that are married to make what they call small batch bourbon. Um, this is a uh, this is this is ranges about 50 to 60 bucks. And I always say, is it worth it? Well, I'll be honest with you. Yes, it is. It's really good. It's really good. It's really flavorful right from the get-go. It stays there nice in the middle. It has a pretty nice, strong finish at the end. Uh, so I strongly recommend the Jefferson's Reserve, very old, very small batch whiskey. As far as the nose is concerned, Hansberry, I feel bad because you were developing such a good nose for whiskey until all this happened. But I this know. one, this one, this one has a That's nice the worst look. thing that happens because of this uh, pandemic. I think we'll be all right, though. Yeah, a little bit of butterscotch <laughs> and vanilla in the nose, and the taste is. Yeah. You got a little bit of. You look this up. You look this up. No. Come on now. One of the one of the signs of oh, Coronas is uh, losing your taste buds. Your, your right, and your taste, sense of so smell. I think you're safe. You oh, are you're safe, good. you know. Let's no, check I your browser history. 126 freaking bourbons. I'm starting <laughs> to pick up on the fact that there's vanilla and butterscotch. I can, I know what it is. And uh, and this one's got just a... Marshmallow peep. No, no. A touch of brown sugar, and I'll be pretentious and say a hint of tobacco. Which I don't know. Oh. <laughs> this is the cigarettes. Nice. <laughs> so yes, uh, the Jefferson's Reserve, very old, very small batch bourbon, between fifty and sixty bucks. If you want to splurge during this <clears throat> pandemic, it's a good way to go. All right, we'll come back to the bottle a little bit later, and I'll tell you how I think uh, if I finish it because I'm all by myself. I feel so bad that you guys aren't here to enjoy the good stuff. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Not really. Without yeah. further ado, ladies and gentlemen. I've known this guy throughout my entire comedy career, which uh, obviously was cut short to go into radio, but he kept on going. Uh, headlining clubs and colleges all across the country for years, but then he shifted into the other side of show business and started writing for George Lopez, The George Lopez Show, Kevin James, Charlie Sheen. He's got a hit show on YouTube as we speak right now, which is on a regular basis. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, and if you haven't, you should. You should check out The Loftus Party. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my good friend, comedian, writer, producer, and creator of The Loftus Party, Michael Loftus. Uh, Gentlemen, what yeah. a great evening. What a what an incredible event that I'm here. God bless technology. This is fantastic. Right? It feels like we're all in the same room just having a great time. Well, it I, I want it to feel that <laughs> feels like it. how are you? First of all, just how are you just you know day to day? Where first of all, where are you? Can you say? 
Yeah, I'm. I am uh, in New York. I'm in the. Uh, we'll call it. We'll call it Long Island. I'm not. Okay. I'm not out in Manhattan. Thank goodness. I, my my heart goes out to those those people. Mm-hmm. A friend yeah. of mine, uh, she recently had a baby, and she and her husband are in a one bedroom apartment in Manhattan and can't leave. And that's just got to oh. be. That's got to be tough. That's got to be tough. However, uh, update. They. This is the freakiest thing. They closed the the Seven Elevens yesterday. I've never seen this before in my life. I've never seen it before. But like all the Seven Elevens have like uh, uh, plywood up on the windows, and there's there's chains cl- locking the doors. I'm like, specifically Seven Elevens. You're not talking about generic fast food, the fast you know shopping mart. Specifically Seven Elevens. Spe- specifically Seven Elevens, and then there's a little tiny mom and pop. Uh, convenience store down the down the road from me, uh, and that one's closed as well. So mm. maybe it is all convenience stores, but it's just really creepy. You swing by the Seven Eleven, and there's chains and there's plywoods. It's like, is it a hurricane? Is it a zombie attack? What's <laughs> going on? So it's very weird. It's very. I'm doing. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the social distance thing. I'm doing the hand washing thing. I'm doing the the self inflicted freak out when you have a little tickle in your throat and you're like, is this yeah. it? Is this it? Am I going? Am I going? It's my time. Seriously though, have you ever? Up, uh, I you see ever, the light. Have you ever questioned your mortality up to this point in life? I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, you have the same vices that I have. You drink, you smoke, but have you ever seriously like, fuck, this could kill me if I can get it? Has that crossed your mind at all? Or do you yes. still feel like yes. you're healthy? This is, this, is, this is the first one. I've done, there's a meme going around that really made me laugh that that basically says like, um, out of all the crazy crap I've done, if I die because I touch my face, I'm right. going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> That's me. That's basically That's it. Me. I don't want to go out like that. I don't want to. I was just working on a stand-up bit. Uh, oh my gosh. Where uh, I, I was saying, I want it to, I want it to be a, a shock. I want it to be a surprise. Like I don't, I don't want to see it coming, and I want it to be so shocking and so surprising that other people are kind of off put, right? Right. Like I want, I want my body to turn up naked in the alley in, in some <laughs> city in Kansas. I'm covered in barbecue sauce, and there's lipstick on my wiener. <laughs> what, what happened? Death tells a story, right? Like what happened here? And I want, and I. And I want to come back out of PI retirement and crack that fucking case. I want to find out. I want to find out why there's barbecue sauce all over your butt and why there was lipstick on the penis. Well, <laughs> I think McDonald's had something to do with it. He was, yeah. Perry Mason in the case of the lipstick. Ronald, damn you. Yeah. It was uh, uh, gender swap Ronald McDonald and all you can eat nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a happy right. meal for the But family. I get it, man. Come on, like you. Gender swap nugget night. <laughs> uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I want to go out fast and unexpected. I don't, yeah, I don't have yeah. any of this other stuff, but yeah. uh, it's, it is kind of scary, but we're all here. We're all healthy. And hopefully everybody listening to us and watching us is in good health as well. And I hope you stay that way. Ohio, as you may not know, Michael has done as as good a job, if not the one of the better jobs of any of the states in the union, as far as you know, flattening the curve and 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 keeping everybody in check. Uh, uh, Governor Dewine saved a lot of lives early, I think, when he when he when he made his move to he shut down. Ready, he was ready for the zombie hordes. 
he was thing was first coming up uh dewine was out there just like forget trying to calm the masses he's like we expect seven million cases in whitehall alone new albany will no longer exist why would they take Reynoldsburg first? They heard a rumor on Fox News that if you ate tomatoes, you wouldn't catch it. <laughs> Speaking of which, you're a regular contributor to Fox News. I see you on there a lot. How did yeah. you? How did? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they love you. It they was, love uh, you. It, it's. I I want to tell you in in all honesty. Uh, they are some of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. As as fate would have it, this is a this is a bit of a of a story. I was at the uh, I was doing stand up one night at the the Melrose Room, the Melrose Improv, and like every comic, I'm talking about every comic was going on there and just railing on uh, George W. Bush, George Bush II, the Phantom Menace. Every one of them <laughs> just like without fail like you're you're standing you've played that room a bunch dean yeah. right mm -hmm. so you're standing you're standing in the back of the room and you're like wow that guy just did a bunch of like okay that guy he hates he hates bush and then the next guy boy he hates bush and like five in a row six in a row and at this point it's devolved to where they're not even telling jokes there's going that guy's a stupid cowboy boy he's a half a re and it's you're just like it was so incredibly boring uh, that I went up and like, okay, so if everybody zigs, I'm going to zag, right? right? So I just went up there and I'm like, he's the best president we've ever had. I love him. And just went, and the audience just erupted. The room, the, it just, it was one of those nights where it was just magical. It just like, the, the audience, I'm sure who, uh, all of them liberals were just like, thank goodness, a, a different perspective. Even if they so, even if they weren't Bush fans, they just wanted, they were just thrilled to hear something different, yes, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. It's Fresh. like, you know, popcorn, 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 popcorn. Can I please get an M&M? &M? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I gave it to him. <laughs> so after that show, uh, someone must have seen, it's one of those things where you never know who's in the audience. Someone must have seen something. So uh, they asked if I want to do this show called uh, Red Eye with uh, Greg Gutfeld. And so it was, it was via satellite and I did it and it was a lot of fun. And then I like never heard anything for years, for years. And then I was back in New York uh, a couple years ago doing a show uh, for CBS called Kevin Can Wait. And, and as fate would have it, a, a mutual friend, you know, I was back I'm doing a lot of stand up in, in the New York clubs. And uh, someone must have told someone over there that, oh, that guy, he's back in town. So they, they invited me back on that guy. Uh, on on red eye mm -hmm. i did that then that show was instantly canceled <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome but like uh I, I go in i do uh fox and friends which is an absolute blast the scariest one was uh in october uh last year i was uh i guest hosted this show called the five which is uh, I, I know the five yeah. live live television at five. I always thought they pre-recorded it, and they're like, "Yeah, if you want to roll into the studio at four, and I'm like, "Is that going to be enough time for makeup?" <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> "Not till five. And I'm like, "Holy crap! It's live TV. 
millions of people watching. If you and and there's no delay and uh, no delay. No, there's got to be some delay. They some used delay. to they used to have a delay back in the early days uh, of the show. I guess there was one dude on there who would uh, like occasionally uh, drop f bombs and curse words. But yeah, it's uh, if there is a delay, it's it's not like a fifteen second. It's maybe like a five second. But uh, it's so much fun. I have an absolute blast down there, and and it's the hosts are are just incredibly nice. I cannot say a, a bad word about anyone. It's just been an absolute great time to go down there and do stuff. Well, there's a lot of things I want to cover with you, and I know because you're busy and currently working on a on a new project with with Kevin James, who you mentioned earlier for his new Netflix show. So I, I want to cover as much ground as possible, and I want to start with uh, the Loftus Party on YouTube. Yeah. Tell us about the Loftus Party, and is it, I've seen it, so I know it's, it's, it actually is kind of like a party. I mean, it's, 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 it's just fun. Well, here's, it's I'm, got, I, it's I got all kind of doing head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Yeah, right, right. I don't know why I did that. That was like, I had a mini stroke. Um, it, it, it is, man. It's, it's really weird. Like I always felt like I, uh, I didn't fit in, uh, politically, right. If, Every, my, I've got a ton of friends who lean to the right. I have a ton of friends who lean to the left. And like, you're either all in or you're not all in. And every, everybody was like, the first question people would always want to ask you when it, when you start doing political jokes is, oh, so so where, who are you with? Are you a Republican? Yeah. Are you a libertarian? Oh, you're a this, you're a that. It's like, the, that's the very first thing they want to do is define you. And I'm like, I don't really fit in anywhere. I believe in human beings. I believe in helping my fellow human being. Mm -hmm. I believe if you teach a man to fish, he's going to do a lot better. So, uh, but I also like, I like, you know, cigars and, and going out and having a good time. And I like it all. So I'm like, I'll just start my own political party uh, yeah. that has a much better time. And we're, we're going to laugh. We're going to joke about stuff and we're going to raise money and, and help out uh our our fellow human being yeah and i saw that i saw that I on the site do that it's 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 got its it's got its philanthropic philanthropic moments where you do a lot of good good work and and raise money for some organizations uh yeah. you have a lot of fun and you and then there's that trademark michael loftus humor that runs through it all which i which <laughs> it, 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 no, seriously it's it, not, it does. uh it, it's like i don't know i just i, I want to have a good time uh, I want to help out other people and cause you know, at some point it'll be one of us asking for help. So it's not mm -hmm. like everybody wants to put people into camps and I just, I just don't dig that. So join my camp. Your <laughs> <laughs> camp, the Loftus party. There it is. Hansbury just put up the Loftus party logo. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's, I was like, uh, who, who did, who, doing, who came up with that artwork? Well, it, it, it was based out of a joke because I was doing this monologue. I, I, independently syndicated my own uh, TV show a while back, which is a whole nother story, which was crazy and so eye-opening. The uh, flip, side, flip side? Yeah, the flip side, which yeah. that's what we could talk for hours about that. Uh, but I'm like, okay, so the Democrats have a donkey and the Republicans have an elephant. How about this? I got a tiger and it flies and it breathes fire. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, my if you're gonna if you're gonna make up a mascot for a political party, I'm like, right. how about that? And it's cool as hell. Like, it's we'll probably, go all the way, man. Probably, and I and I and, and I know you. That's probably the 
those those are probably the first three things that popped into your fucking head. Was <laughs> it? <laughs> you went with it. How about a tiger with the flies and breeze fire? Done. <laughs> Make it. I have a I have a podcast as well, and it's uh, appropriately titled the uh, the Loftus Party. Uh, and a, a friend of mine, uh, when we first were talking about really doing this. She goes, uh, well, you should, she goes, you've already got your mascot. I'm like, what? She goes, that joke you did on the TV show. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <I didn't even laughs> there it is. Stephanie Halbert says, hello. Hi, Michael and Dino. I've not seen you two in person in a long time. Me yeah. either, Stephanie. Two of my favorite comedians. Oh, that's nice. That's nice of her to say. Um, so yeah, speaking of speaking of being favorite comedians, this is what I want to know. And I want you to be honest, because I know you will be. Um, <clears throat> Much like everybody in our group that started out, they all had uh, dreams and aspirations of moving to Los Angeles. We all did. You did. I did. And you know, to take those next to, to take to take those next steps to go from uh, having that killer set at the Improv to getting a development deal, shooting a pilot, and then being the next Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond, or whatever the case might be. I'm sure that that was in your head as well. But then things kind of took a turn. And you end up on the writing side of things. Now, was that something initially when it first happened? Did you say, uh, okay, but, you know, not what I really want to keep on doing and and still focus on everything else? Or or did you say blessing blessing in disguise? Where did the first writing gig start? The, the first writing gig started, I was uh... – I was gonna do a TV. I was gonna do like stand up on some cable show, and and I, I literally I cannot remember what it was. But you know, you got to have your four minute set and has right. to be you know whatever. So I was out at the um, the Ice House uh, in Pasadena, a, a great club. When, when when all this blows over and you guys go west, go to the Ice House in Pasadena. That's where uh, Steve Martin, one of the first clubs he ever played. And it, if you're ever feeling low, if you're ever it's feeling legendary. low. As a, as a comedian, you can go to the bar at the Ice House uh, in Pasadena, and they have a clipping uh, of, on the wall from, like, that, the, the local Pasadena newspaper did a review of the comedy night. And they're like, blah, blah, blah was good. This guy was entertaining. Steve Martin, he needs to really rethink what he's doing with his life. Like, they, like, <laughs> right. like yeah. So anyway, um, so I'm out there. I did my, sh I did my set, and, and it went very well. It went very well. I got what I needed. So I go back into the green room uh, to get my notebook and my jacket, uh, and there's this big Latino guy, you know, standing back there, and he's like, "Hey, man," he's like, "You're a funny, you know, mother effer," uh, and I got a you TV curse. show, and I, I, you know what? I'm trying to cut back. I'm trying to. It's for me. Did you give it up for Lent? Did you give it up for Lent? Nice. I'm trying to give it up. <laughs> I'm trying to give it up altogether. But this, but this guy was like super nice, and he's like, "I got this. I got a TV show coming out." I want funny to people right on the show. You're a funny guy. Give me your phone number. And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. And so I gave him my phone number, and that was uh, that was George Lopez. And mm -hmm. he was a, a genuinely nice guy. And then I got a call about a month later from the production company. They go, hey, uh, George says you're funny. We'd love to read a script uh, and see if you have any interest in writing. And if we like the script, we'll bring you in. So then the hoop started. So as fast as I could, I, I, I wrote a, uh, spec script for a show called Malcolm in the middle. Mm -hmm. I wrote it over the weekend. Uh, and then I came in and then I had the best job ever. I was the punch up guy. I would only come in 
like oh. one or two times a week. So I could Beautiful. go in, be funny, and then go on the road. And then that was that was the best. And then uh, they invited me. They go, hey, why don't you come in every day? And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, ugh, that's when it. <laughs> now it's work. How many yeah. people were in the, in the writer's room in the, on that show, Mike? On the George Lopez show, there was about 12 of us. Wow. Uh, and, and then the showrunner, this guy by the name of Bruce Helford, uh, he would come and go. He had the Drew Carey show. Yeah, he's big. He was running. Big. He had uh, the George Lopez show. He had uh, an animated show. I want to call, uh, I forget what it was, something odd, the oddballs or something was on. And he was also doing a show for Wanda Sykes. And this guy was just absolutely crushing it. And it was, uh, it was a very, a, a very weird experience as a performer. There's a, a different mindset that has to go. Cause I would write a joke. Everybody in the writer's room would laugh and they go, okay, good one, man. And it would, it would go in and then you would go down for the live taping and, uh, and you're like, okay, here it comes. And then some other person would say it and the audience would go ballistic. The audience would go ballistic. And your first instinct is like, ah, that's, that's not that person. That's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> but then, uh, but then you quickly, you quickly get over that. And, uh, it was crazy. You never know. But they, you know, that's that classic thing. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And I had, mm -hmm. I had no uh, plan to become a, a writer, but uh, somehow I've managed to put together half a career doing that. Half a career? Well, I, I would say, you know, with the years that have passed now since George Lopez, I'd say that's a little bit more than than half. I think you're starting to even out, man, uh, a little bit, you know, as many years as you were on the road doing stand-up. Now you've, you're showing success because every time I see uh, Michael Loftus credits, I see them kind of rising, you know. I see, you know, uh, story editor early on. Yeah. Or, and then I see, you know, then I see written for the Gaffer Boy. And then and then uh, uh, and then I start to see producer credits and like my boy is moving up the the comedy writing food chain. Um, we talked a lot during one particular period uh, of your your sitcom writing career, and it was a crazy deal that Fox made with Charlie Sheen for uh, the show Arrested Development. Uh, not Arrested Development. Um, the, the anger, anger man. What, what was the show? Anger, anger management. management. Anger management. Not Arrested Development. Anger management. Where they said we're going to to do how many? Ninety. One hundred. One hundred shows. All at once. Yes. Pretty much. As fast as you can make one hundred yeah. episodes of television as fast as you can. What was that that's, like? That's pretty cocky. It no, was complete. It was complete and total madness. You know, you know, in uh, in in Conan the Barbarian, right. uh, <laughs> like the first one, the good one with the hot chick in it. You know, like the huntress chick. When but when Conan's a little kid and he's pushing on that log and it goes in a circle and he's pushing on the log and it goes to a circle and then and then by the end all of a sudden it's like I'm Arnold, I'm Conan. And Arnold. That was my that was me on anger management because I had written on a couple of shows. And I kind of knew what I was doing, but then it was just like they just threw you to the wolves. And it was uh, myself, uh, once again, Bruce Helford, who I'd met on the, the George Lopez show, and two, a couple of other, a, a boatload of other talent. Every, everybody on there, everyone who survived that experience was incredibly talented. But that's where I met uh, uh, Sam Simon, 
the the guy who created the Simpsons, Simpsons who was right? yeah. he was he was uh, my buddy and my Obi Wan Kenobi there for a while. But he it was, was just like was amazing. It was just like you you put down a, a piece of wood, you nail it together, then you put down you're like you're making a bridge as you go. And and I look back at that, and as crazy as it was, it's uh it's it's a testament to to Charlie Sheen, and I'm not even kidding, to Charlie Sheen and his talent and everyone else involved in that show. That's the only one for a while there they thought that was gonna be the future of television. A bunch of people tried to do it and it never worked. Charlie was the only guy who pulled that off. He was the only guy that could uh, could make that happen. And when you so say like that George, or something sketch comedy, yeah. when you say when you say that George Lopez was a, was a great guy and you worked with George, uh, your your personal experiences with Charlie Sheen were they all good? I mean, was was he absolutely was, absolutely because you know he went through that whole period of, Tiger of his Blood. life where, where he was yeah where he was just you know chastised Tiger. and. and <laughs> This just was right after Tiger Blood. Yeah, yeah right, 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 after right, Tiger right Blood. after Tiger Blood. So working with him on a daily basis was he a was he a generous boss? Was he a, a, a you know did he did he appreciate what you guys were doing? Did he realize the mission and was on board with what you guys were doing? Check this out. Check this out. So um, I, I love that dude. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big big uh, I'm a big Char I'm a big Charlie Sheen fan. I'm a Martin Sheen fan. I'm I'm a fan of the whole damn family. Uh, Renee, uh, Amelia, they're they're wonderful people, and Charlie could not have been more generous, almost to a fault. Like like, I'm I'm. You're not going to believe this, and it's going to sound just like Hollywood, blah blah blah. No, like that dude is this. so talented. He could come in, and he told me he pulled me aside one time because in the show he was a therapist, and and, and there was like a lot of. Occasionally there'd be dialogue. Well, according to the, you know, the the wash table study that ninety five percent, you know, just gobbledygook that a therapist would say, and and Charlie like he pulled me aside and he's like lofty, um, listen, lofty. I'm I'm pretty good, but like if if it's conversational, if the dialogue is like conversational, I can memorize six pages like that. But as soon as the gobbledygook comes in. I, I, he goes off to La La Land and he was legit. We had to film that show so fast. He was memorizing scripts at an, at an insane rate. Like his memory is just in, incredible. And then we're picking up scenes from previous episodes, maybe two episodes. So like, okay, so in this scene, this is the one where you're fighting with the girl who, you know, is dating the blah, blah, blah. Then the next scene is going to be the one from two weeks ago because we still owe you talking to the guy who, you know, busted your car window. And then we're going to go. It was just and he always knew like where he was in the scene, emotionally where he was in the wow. scene. And then you've got you've got four cameras to worry about. So if your blocking is jacked up, he's like, no, I can't stand here because I'm in the line of her and the lighting is going to be better for him there. And just uh, just crazy. Just crazy. Did it make you stronger? Can I, can I ask? Go ahead, oh, John. absolutely. Uh, was, yeah, for sure. Was, it was like that's why I use the Conan the Barbarian metaphor. Mm -hmm. When 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 I got done with that two years, I'm like, I I could do I could do it all. I mean, I I knew a lot more. I was a lot stronger. Yes, it made me. John, stronger. go ahead. You had a question. Go ahead, Johnny. No, I was saying, how of those ninety or hundred scripts were you involved in every single one of them? Yes. Oh geez, were you like a lead on the scripts, or did you guys kind of parse out the, we had, the lead? We had myself and three other people: Bruce Helford, a guy by the name of uh, Dave Kaplan, and Bob Cushell. 
and we were like in one room with a couple of other writers. Then there was a whole nother team off in another room. So we would come up with an outline. Go, okay, this happens, that happens, this happens. This happens. You guys go write that. Oh, wow. And then while you're doing that, we're going to work on this. So they would bring that back and then we would run it down to stage and then we'd film that, come back. And it was just like, it was just a machine. It was just a machine. I how many, just how many shows were, were shot before it even aired? Like how many shows were in the can before you guys started airing? Ten. ten. Wow. We did ten. Wow. So so they tested those ten and then... Uh, and made and the deal, right? <laughs> FX, FX, because they did so well in the ratings, it, right. it, it was all automatically we'll do triggered. We'll 90 more! Oh, wow. 90. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. let me ask you, I don't know, I don't know how those, how the inner workings of your particular field in comedy writing go, but I have to think, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I have to think that anybody who knows your history has to look at what you did as some sort of, of freaking badge of, of honor. Like this is Michael Loftus. He, he was on, he, he was on anger management with Charlie Sheen for a hundred episodes there's there's a he's, lot of people I think that he's when, indestructible. When they, when they see that on someone's resume, they just want to go, "What was that like?" What yeah, right. That? You survived that. Charlie was Charlie crazy? Was it nuts? And you're like, the whole thing was nuts. But thank God Charlie wasn't crazy. That dude showed up and he crushed it. But and, but I'm having you survived it. People have to look at you with some sort of, uh, for lack of a better word, respect. That you that you made it through, that it didn't destroy you, that it didn't kill you, that it didn't fucking make you fucking crazy. You know, yeah, yeah Michael Loftus, he had a great career until he did the Charlie Sheen show. <laughs> and, now, and now, 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 now he's lying in an alley with barbecue sauce and lipstick on his feet. <laughs> I saw an <laughs> overturned golf cart halfway down in some McDonald's bags. <laughs> what happened? It looked like it got him all of a sudden. It looked like he never saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun, man. It's, it's wild. It's, when you it's have... so hard not to just riff with you and and, and stay away from the shit that I really want to talk about. But it, it it I wish we had fucking three hours, but I know we don't. Mm -hmm. So let me get let me let me get let, not 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 rush through it because I think it's important. But I want to have some fun with you as well. Um. So then the the then I see that you pop up on uh, Kevin James, who had a very successful. Uh, run with the uh, King of Queens comes yeah. back to CBS television. Kevin can wait. And then yeah. I see, and I didn't, and I had not spoken to you in a while and I saw the credits pop up and it was boom, Michael Loftus. And I went, Holy shit. And uh, I, I watched the first couple episodes and we started texting back and forth about it. And um, uh, how did that whole relationship with Kevin James come to be? Um, once again, uh, the the guy who was the showrunner was a buddy of mine from uh, Anger Management, and and he's like, uh, if you could just come in and help out for the pilot. So I went over to his house, and there was a couple of other writers there. There was a, a good friend of Kevin's uh, there, uh, an, an incredibly talented dude, a great stand up, and a really funny comedian, and a great writer. Uh, this dude named Rock Rubin, uh, and he was they had written the script together. And so I just kind of came in at the last second just to kind of, you know, punch it up and, you know, blah, blah. There wasn't much to do. It was a very funny script, <clears throat> but you know, you add a thing there, you add a thing here and then they go, Hey, could you come out to uh, long Island uh, for the pilot when we film right. the pilot? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd never 
I had never been to Long Island before. And so I did it. And that's when I met Kevin. And uh, it's just one of those things. I had, I had never met the dude before. Everyone, like, I, you know how it is, Dean, when you, you're out, you're doing stand-up. You don't know a lot of the other headliners because they're no. working while you're working and, and yada, yada. But, man, that dude just legitimately made me laugh. And he's got a very specific thing that he does. And it's it's hard to 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 define it. And as soon as you try to define it, he'll it's like nailing jello to a wall. He'll go another way. And uh, so we just kind of hit it off. And and uh and Kevin was just like, hey man, uh I think this thing's really gonna go. I'd love for you to think about you know coming out here and doing it. And and I tell you, I fell in in pretty I'm I'm pretty much in love with with Long Island. It, it from being in LA for so long, I love the vibe out here. It's a lot more like an Ohio vibe. Yeah. It's there's a, it's a lot greener. The food is insane. The food is insane, and then you can get into New York. But you can get into the city pretty fast. Right. And so, uh, so yeah, we did two seasons of that show together, uh, and then I went off doing my own thing back in LA, and everything was wonderful. And then. And then Kevin was going to do this Netflix thing and they called me up and I'm like, yes, I'll come back. I'll come back. That's all right. Pull me in. Yeah. yeah. That show, that show, it was interesting because that show was a hit right out of the gate for the first season. Then they made some, and I've always yes. wanted to ask you this for those of you who watched Kevin can wait. They killed off one of the main characters, his wife of all things and brought back yeah. in. Lear Remini, what was I, I, I've always wanted to ask you, what was the thinking there? And the big question I want to ask you is if it was your fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely not my idea. However, uh, you'll 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 agree with this as, as a writer and as a performer, mm -hmm. but especially as a writer, because I know you've written books and stuff. You you need uh some kind of dramatic tension in, in every in every sitcom and there's there's that engine behind it of there's some kind of tension even with friends even with uh with seinfeld you know george would come in and what did you do now i can't take it anymore it was always that there was a tension and it was a lovely idea for a show it was a great idea for a show about a new york cop who uh, takes early retirement. He's worked very, very hard. He retires, he moves back home, and then he discovers he doesn't know his family as well as he, he thought he did. So he's gotta, you know, learn more about his, his, his daughter and his son and their relationships. And it was pretty much a, a show, and this is, and I mean no insult to, to anyone associated with that show at, at all. I wanna make sure I say that. But it was about a guy that was bored. It was about a guy who, well, what am I going to do today? Uh, you know, and it's like, oh, I want to make a go-kart. And those, those are fun. But it was really like a, it would have been a great movie. It would have mm -hmm. been a great movie. And then I honestly don't know who it is. But someone uh, was like, if he was a widower, they go, if, if, if he had this plan, I'm a cop, I'm a cop, I'm a cop. And then I'm going to retire. It's me and my wife and my kids. And then like, uh-oh, now, now he's, he's a widower and he doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. 
and then then he's really thrown and then i'm like okay well that's interesting because like what's that like to be back in the dating suddenly he's got a bunch more problems and there's you know a ton of episodes uh and aaron hayes phenomenal actress she's just she's hilarious and wonderful and good and everyone in that cast was hilarious and wonderful and good and it was just a the show just kind of took a turn uh, and then I just don't think it, it's strange. Like people take that uh, very personally and, and Hollywood should never f forget that. It's weird. It's like when they switched Darren's on us in Bewitched, I remember <laughs> right. thinking, you know, that's, right, right, that's right. weird, but you love characters, you know, and it's, uh, it's strange. I can't, I don't know of a show that's ever like done it successfully. Well, it's, I find it interesting that, uh, you know, you would think in its infancy, one year in, that a change like that, they 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 might not have gotten so attached to a character that they would there would be such an uproar. And I also found it interesting that they tried to bring back Leah Remini and to try to capture that King of Queens magic again, but it just didn't seem to. Well, here's what here's what happened there. You guys get the whiskey business. You guys are getting the inside scoop. I want it. <clears throat> okay, so. Uh, we have uh, Leah, who's once again the, the nicest, kindest, most wonderful person. She did the season finale uh, of season one, right? And and it was just, it's like, and I don't want to uh, blow this out of proportion, but there is such a chemistry there. Those guys worked together for years. Right? She can smack him. She can smack him upside the head and say the meanest thing. But it comes across as, well, she just loves that guy. She just right. loves him. It's just like <laughs> right. they just bust each other's chops. And when and, and you have that and you're just mm -hmm. like, wow, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, you, It's just that chemistry that that's just undeniable. It's just undeniable. So why didn't, it, so it, why didn't it continue to work in the second season? It did not work in the second season. And this is just my opinion. Uh, is because it was a little bit too slow to get to the romance. The intent, the intent was always to get uh, Kevin and Leah together. You right. know, he's like, "Oh my gosh, I've got the perfect person right here under my nose. Why haven't I seen this?" And so the audience is so smart, and the audience, the audience knew where we were going. They right. knew exactly where we're going, but we're like, "Okay, we're going to stretch it out. We're going to stretch it out." And then in season three. And it, and it, it, again, it comes back to, if you want to make God laugh, you know, tell him your plans. Right. <laughs> and the audience is like, no, no, you should have had him kissing her. In but the relationship with Kevin James continues. I actually met Kevin, I think, before you <laughs> met Kevin. And I you can remind him of that. You can remind him of this and see if he remembers. This is a. Uh, before he was on any television shows, he there was a thing in Columbus on New Year's Eve called First Night or something. Was it called First Night Hansbury? First Night Columbus? I don't know. New Year's Eve celebration. Yeah, he, yeah, that's what it's called. Was it called First Night? He yeah. was hired to do stand-up uh, downtown on New Year's Eve in front of all these people, and it was pure hell for him. <laughs> every step of the way. And I honestly, I, I don't know how much he was getting paid. I hope he got paid a boatload of money, but it was like, he was like actually pacing. I goes, 
These fucking people aren't going to want to hear me. They don't want to hear me. They don't want to. What am I going to do? I don't know. What am I? What am I supposed to say? What is it? If I just say, if I say O H I O, can I say that all night? Can I, can, will, that, will that get me through? <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah. But he was nervous. He was nervous, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah. And it, and and it and it didn't go great. It didn't suck, but it didn't go great. But I just remember, like, oh my god. That had to be one of those gigs like Columbus has got to be stained in his memory as a place that he doesn't want to go back. That's to. why he's never come back. Never again. That was late 90s. That was late 90s. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so you can uh, bring that up to him if you have a have a chat. I was talking to my friend Dino and he met you when you were doing first night in Columbus. And it'll probably be a worst, worst gig ever. One question for you before we move on to the next thing with, with Kevin James. And it comes from our friend John Osbeck, whose microphone I'm using tonight, much better than last week's. I apologize for last Sounds week's. I sound like I'm in a tin can. Uh, thank you, John, for the microphone. Uh, Michael, what are a couple specific things you've learned as a writer that you would lead with if you were actually teaching a class in sitcom writing? Good question. This is the most. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Paulie. I want to give a shout out to Paulie Anthony who's watching. Yes, I love he is. Paulie, I love you like a brother, kid. Yep. Yeah, we got to do a poker night reunion. I'll get uh, back. I'll get that would be the, uh, trust me, if Loftus winds up back in Columbus for any reason, Paulie, you're making a trip up from Cincinnati. That's happening. That's happening. Okay. Anyway, so to Osbeck's question. Okay. Here, here. God bless you, Osbeck. I got to take my glasses off for this one because I'm going to get passionate. Okay. I'm going to get very passionate. Okay. All right. The most important thing, write this down, ask this question. What if it was real? That's it. That is the key to everything. What if this were real? If you can answer that, if you can get into that mindset, you're golden. And and you're, you'll you'll be off to a great start. Here's where they can't do that. Evidently, uh, Warner Brothers and DC they cannot do it. They cannot. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Christopher Nolan can do it with Batman. And when Christopher Nolan does it with Batman, oh my gosh, these these movies are wonderful. What if it was real? But if you watch Batman versus Superman, it's horrible. It's horrible. And they they didn't ask the the same question they didn't pretend it was real with the new star wars trilogy they didn't and they they totally screwed up oh they not have, a, not a fan oh it's i got to bite my tongue i got to bite, bite your my tongue. tongue don't bite it not because a fan the the guy the guy who is uh the head writer on the the uh the kevin james show that i'm working <laughs> on now He's buddies with uh, the guy who ruined uh, the franchise and directed. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's his name? Directed yeah. The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryan, I don't know how you say Johnson. he ruined the franchise, a franchise that's made millions and billions of dollars. But, but, but how for the dying. How do you do that? How do you do that? Here's John Whitney. John Whitney. John Whitney is a huge, huge Star Love Wars. Love Star Wars. And, and okay. do, you, do you agree that they ruined the franchise, Whitney? I, th I think they they went away from from uh, things that really Don't got that out. franchise famous. Don't you know, they, they totally went away. They went away. Here's here's another one. Write this down. Write this down, everybody. Don't <laughs> kill your villain in the second act. Never <laughs> no, 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 no. haven't seen it yet. That's true. Oh, you're not missing anything. <laughs> it's a turd. It's a Next giant turd. Avengers and, and and they, something. Hey, uh, Loftus, one question real quick. Um, the Avengers talk is about, how you do it right. 
yeah. When you when you talk about uh, can it be possible or can you about truth in writing, right? Can it can it actually happen, right? Yeah. Would that go back? Yeah. What is real? Does that go back to how in comedy the best th the best things in comedy or is, uh, is there there's a line of truth in that in that joke? Oh, absolutely. I will I will say that personally because that's how I base my stand up. You're making a face, so I don't know. Maybe we disagree. For the most part, yeah. But then, but then you also once again, this goes back to if everyone's doing that, there has to be a line of truth. Or there has to be a line of truth. Then the person who's just being odd and silly will stand. Yeah. What happened to him? He's frozen out. out. Political, 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 political stuff. And then Steve Martin. Uh, then Steve Martin comes out with an arrow through his head, uh, going, I, I put, oh, bummer. Put baloney in my shoes. And the, <laughs> <laughs> it froze up on us, and we hear we got we got arrow through the head, and then there was it's nothing baloney in my shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> we can piece it all together. We can piece it all together. Um, I just want to say also that, uh, Anybody, and I'm looking at some of the people who are on board here tonight on Facebook Live. Uh, Mikey Lawyer's on board, and and Polly obviously, and myself. Um, you're a treat on stage. You're 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 a treat. You're a treat on stage. You're one of the funniest people on stage. You know, man. It's uh, because you also have uh, somebody way early on mentioned that they remember seeing you at Ruby Tuesdays with Midwest Comedy Tool and Die, the improv group, back in the day. So. Um, they some people go that far back with you here. Oh, in wow. Yeah, yeah, and uh, your that good buddy, good. your good buddy Jeff Gage has has uh been gracious enough to join us on our sister podcast, The Premise, which we do at Shadowbox Live, where we were we were doing up till this shit happened. But Jeff has been on the premise with us, uh, showcasing his improv skills to the max in a, in a beautiful uh, on, on a couple of whiskey business episodes you can find in the archive. Yeah, with Gage is on there with uh, with Jake and Arena talking about improv comedy. I mean, you guys were you were brilliant. I I actually used to introduce you. Remember how I used to introduce you to Midwest Comedy Tool and Die? Masters of Comedy Timing and Delivery. It was uh there was Midwest Comedy Tool and Die. It was fucking awesome. It was great. So great. So great. And I love watching was, Gage. And that was what if this was real? Yeah. But that that was uh what if this real what if this was real that was the right. that was the that's the secret to improv what if this was real when your buddy your this, buddy this, just aged from fucking dog what if this was real <laughs> yeah first of all let me answer some of the comments it's a good time uh john osbick says brilliant answer thanks so much uh Polly anthony hey lofty good to see your face brother congrats on the cool work hope for that poker reunion loftus was part of our poker game that we had here for years when all of us as comics I will share one story that we used to, the Blue Danube, a fixture here in Columbus, Ohio, was the restaurant that we all used to hang out in early on in our stand-up careers, and we would all congregate down there. And uh, early on in my stand-up career, when I had just recently got divorced, I had my daughter every other weekend. And um, I remember one night the guys called me up and said, we're hanging down at the do. And I said, I got my daughter with me. And, and one of the guys said, well, just bring her. And so, you know, I, I brought her and we went to the Blue Danube and it was about 10 o'clock at night, two o'clock in the morning. For some reason, the conversation turns to parenting, you know, and whatnot. And I say, I'm a good parent. And Loftus, who doesn't miss a beat, is smoking a cigarette because you could back then smoking a cigarette and going, yeah, 
you're a great dad. Your daughter's asleep in a booth at a bar at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle and, is, uh, is watching on Facebook right now. By yeah, the way. yeah, she knows. And, she, and, and, and that child turned on to be a premier bartender in New York City. So maybe, 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 maybe we instilled something in her. She cut her uh, teeth early at the doom. Uh, early yeah. childhood education. At a time. Yeah. Uh, Danielle says yes, and it set the tone for my whole life. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, darling. <laughs> can you hear us? Can you, can you hear us? I can hear you. I can hear you speak, and then yeah. it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, damn it. And then it'll, it'll well, I guess well, we'll, we'll just do we'll, a wrap. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Sit in post. I notice your camera never messes up, Dean. I yeah. notice. I notice you and and. and 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 Hansberry Whitney, <laughs> and, and Hansberry are out with me. Just hold yeah. the side. Hold yeah. the side. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't claim sabotage. I, why would I? Why would I want this to end? You told me Sabotage. we had. You told me we had an hour. I wish I had two more freaking hours with you before it was all said and done. So no, this makes me a little sad. We'll, we'll have to do a, a part two. A part we'll two. Have to do a part two. We'll, we'll, we'll do another one. We'll, we'll come back on. Listen, we're in quarantine, man. It's 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 a it's a Wednesday night. We got yeah. nothing to do. Nothing to do. Nice. Um, I know you can hear me. So we can I, do. I want this. I want crush. I want more booze talk. I want more <laughs> talk of booze. I need a <laughs> lot more nudity, the, preferably the from no one on this screen. Oh, oh man. No. no. <laughs> Not the same. No, you don't want the new. No, you don't want to see me naked. Trust me. Uh, and I think you have over the years now that I think about <laughs> back in past. All right. But I want to say two things. things Number one, better. moving forward. Um, and, and I don't know if you can comment. I know you can hear uh, Michael is currently uh, Kevin James has not uh, sloughed off in this downtime. He's putting out all these beautiful shorts on YouTube uh, and Michael Loftus is a part of some of those. Hope and Dreams is the little series in the office that you should check out. And by all means, the Loftus party is a huge hit on YouTube. If you've not signed up and subscribed yet, you should definitely do that. Uh, I also want to thank you, brother, for being very gracious and now including Whiskey Business. Uh, you're putting Whiskey Business on the Loftus party site as well for people to tune into. And that's a, that's a huge uh, boom to us. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, you, I can't hear you, but, if, but the Kevin James Netflix show is definitely happening, <laughs> right? Right. And is it about a NASCAR NASCAR yes. race car yeah. driver? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So that's, you know, what if it's real? Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. What if it's real? You could be a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that's what we're all hoping. I'm going to let you go. Uh, for those of you who have tuned in on Facebook Live, thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up. Hansberry, real quick, tell people, remind people again where they need to go, what they need to do, so forth and so on, before we say an official goodbye to Michael Loftus. If you're watching us right now on Facebook Live, thank you. Make sure you share this link on your uh, page with all your friends. We appreciate it. Um, like us if you haven't already. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. But, of course, subscribe to Whiskey Business on your favorite podcasting app. You know, uh, we got a hell of a lot of downtime right now. So Ben's listening to uh, a bunch of old episodes, including with Jeff Gage. I mean, we got a lot of fun, great comedians on uh 
Um, what else? Uh, subscribe, uh, rate, and review us there. And check out our new uh, website, whiskeybusinesspod.com. Our uh, Whiskey Wisdom videos and uh, some blogs Dino's been writing. Some fun content there. Yeah, all kind of fun stuff. We're trying to stay in the mix with everything and everybody. Uh, Sarah says, Michael was an awesome guest. Please have him back for a part two. Yeah, without a doubt. We'd definitely have a part two. We got a lot more to talk about. Brother, thank you so much. I know you can hear me. I love you. Continued success. My best to, to Pam and the family. Uh, the boys are growing up fast. And everything's going crazy. So please send her my love as well. Uh, to everybody watching. Yeah. Nice live. barn. Yeah, nice barn. Nice barn, yeah. Yeah, nice barn background. Uh, to everybody watching on Facebook Live, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting Whiskey Business. Dude. Uh, and- <laughs> I know, it's awesome. It's awesome. Carol Merrill. It's great. <laughs> it's great. The guest bottle has been Jefferson's Reserve. Very old, very photo. small batch. <laughs> Between 50 and 60 bucks a bottle. Worth the money, folks. Check it out if you want to splurge a little bit. On behalf of Greg Hansberry, John Whitney, and our very, very special guest, Michael Loftus, the Loftus Party on YouTube. Subscribe and enjoy until the next bottle. See ya. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.